When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When I'm on the subway, the three million followers, pretty much it gets me like someone being like, hey, nice. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Lightweights Podcast? My name's Joe. Today's guest, we have Kyle Gordon, TikTok superstar, internet, powerhouse, musical sensation. Nick DMs me on TikTok, was like, Hey, what are you doing? Now? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably recognize his face from your For You page, and he's been killing it with these different genre songs for the past year. Black tears, they stay my broken Put your hands up in the air. His biggest song, Planet of the Bass, has over 250 million views. And then the night before, they were also like, oh, also, we're going to be shooting at Courtney Cox's house. He's a master of characters, a trained acapella fella, and an all-around cool dude. So if you're new here, make sure to hit the subscribe button. Stay up to date on what I'm posting. It's just me here. I have no producers, no editors. It's just me, so a subscribe will go a very long way. Leave a like and enjoy the Kyle Gordon podcast. How did you become friends with the Jonas Brothers? <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're my close personal friends. Yeah, like, yeah. Texting nonstop. I mean, one, one flex I do, like, so I played at their show in Boston um, I did like they ha- they have this really interesting thing because their their show is really long so they have like a halftime and that's when I played was like the halftime of their show um, so when we were setting it all up I do have like all three of them in a group chat that I just and I like butt dialed all of them so <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> they're like is everything okay I was like sorry butt dial sorry Kevin butt dial um, but no so actually that happened because um so I actually, Nick had been following me. We'd been following each other on TikTok for a while, but we'd never really communicated because, I don't know, I feel like people just end up following each other, but they don't like, you know, chat or whatever. But then literally I was coming back from filming the music video for Planet of the Bass, which is the song I played at their show. I was like literally in the Columbus, Ohio airport and like Nick DMs me on TikTok was like, hey, what are you doing? Like no. shut up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it pretty much happened like that, and then then we started talking, and then he was like, "Oh, do you want to come do the show?" I was supposed to do the Yankee Stadium show that night, but I wouldn't have gotten back in time. So they're like, "Oh, we're doing Boston the next night." So between when I knew I was like playing the show and when I actually got on stage was like less than twenty four hours. That quick, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Hollywood, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, movers and shakers. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but they were super, super nice, super cool. Um, the show was actually also it was Joe's birthday, and I think Joe was like a fan and excited about my song, so that's why they they also were like, oh, this is perfect because Joe is a big fan. But it was really funny, like. I like met with all of them before the show, Joe, Nick, and then I met Kevin and like, I'm about to go on 
and I think Kevin like knew me the least and he was like totally justifiably he's like so have you he was like who are you <laughs> have you done a stadium yeah, before literally he was like so have you been on stage before or like I mean totally reason he had a good like head on his shoulders like it's total reasonable question like you know you're about to go on in front of like 20,000 people like who what are you doing here like <laughs> yeah that's so, crazy yeah 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 so it was, it was nuts were you nervous performing in front of that many people honestly no one i think it helped because because it all happened so fast I couldn't even fully digest everything. Also, my song, Plan of the Bass, came out that morning. So, like, literally my head was in, like, a thousand different places, which actually helped because I couldn't... Like, if I had known a week before, I would have been, like, dwelling on every little detail. I gotta get a routine going. Yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, let, like, you know, doing, like, a, hiring a choreographer or something. But, like, literally, uh, no, I wasn't really nervous. Also, like... It's one. I was doing one song. I was essentially just playing to track. Uh, was the girl that you were with? Did she go too? Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So Audrey, who is she? She plays one of the. So a little bit of the lore for people who might not know. I I came out with a song playing on the bass. The actual vocalist is this amazing vocalist named Chrissy Poland. Oh, but, it's not actually her. No. No, no, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mind blown. That, yeah, okay. That's part of the lore is that... And can you explain what the style of the song is that really just, like, killed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the song is a parody of, like, 90s Eurodance. So, like, the most famous would be, like, Aqua, Barbie Girl. Chumbawamba. Ch yeah, yeah. It's kind of, yeah. Or, like, uh, Real McCoy, like, Another night, another dream, but always you. Yeah, songs like that. Or, like, What is Love is another, like, classic in that genre. Um... And so, yeah, so I was, it's a parody of that. And like a lot of those bands like Aqua, like the English is not always so great or like uh, Ace of Bass. Um, and so the, my song is like a parody of that style. And then also the lyrics are like incomprehensible nonsense. And so, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, women are my favorite guy is a, <laughs> is a particularly noteworthy lyric, but, um, yeah. So, so I had the vocalist Chrissy Poland and she was great. Um, but then, like, in, like, the promo and videos for the song, I put a different actress lip-syncing in each video, which is sort of a parody of that genre, because a lot of times those European groups in the 90s, they would, like, they just pumped out so many songs, but, and then they were, like, if one of them became popular, they're, like, uh, can I curse? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, they're, like, fuck it, we'll just put a model in the video who's like not, like they would do that actually. Like they would actually have like models lip syncing who are not the actual singers. So that was kind of the the parody, the, the concept I had for that. So Audrey, who um, was the first actress I had uh, and also ended up being in the official music video, she came with me to Boston and played with the Jonas Brothers uh, and she, she like lip synced and like <laughs> danced and it was like, we literally had like 10 minutes. We got there to the state to the arena got on stage met with their uh music director and we li i literally like was with audrey i was like okay i'm gonna start the song call you out go down back like go to the sides come back and then we finish the song like we literally like put it together in like 10 minutes <laughs> so when you finish that song are you like i gotta get off stage are you enjoying the moment yeah i did well i i i like milked it for a minute and i was like because my character has this like very deep, ambiguous European accent. So I was like, welcome back to the stage, the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Did the crowd laugh? Did they get it? 
so I think there was like 10% of people who knew who I was who were excited. And then, understandably, it's like, you know, tens of thousands of Jonas Brothers fans. So they're like, why is this short Latvian man yelling at me? <laughs> so I think there was some awareness. And then a lot of people were like, what is going on? Yeah. I think what's so cool about your videos is it transcends to everything. So you filming a video with Ed Sheeran. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That was crazy. How did that one come about? So I think um, someone on his team reached out and he had seen my videos and was a fan. And and then we were just in L.A. at the same time. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. And then literally the night before, I, you know, I they were like, oh, if you want to shoot with Ed, let me know what you had. If you want to shoot. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. I guess I'll do it. I mean, whatever. Like, yeah, maybe I'll pencil you in. I'll see if I have time. Like, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, and then the night before, they were also like, oh, also, we're going to be shooting at Courtney Cox's house. Oh, is that where that was? That was at Courtney Cox's house. Yeah. In Malibu? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, also, like, I think... That might have been my, like, second ever trip to L.A. So it's like, you know, I'm getting the full, like, ooh, I'm in Malibu. Like, you know, like, uh, and, uh, yeah, so then that's how Courtney Cox ended up in the video, too. And uh, she was really cool, and, and he was he was nice. But it all just kind of happened. All this stuff happens just, like, especially nowadays, you could just DM anybody and, like, get in touch with them. So it ha all happens, like super fast I mean yeah. even this podcast <laughs> yeah yeah that's I how DM'd you two days ago or yeah. yesterday and it's like yeah I'm here for two more days yeah I'll come over but that's the best it makes it so much more organic and like sure yeah I'll come by yeah it's cool. so exciting yeah what else are you doing while you're here uh, so I'm doing you're, you're originally in New York yes I'm based in New York uh, lived in Brooklyn for a while now um, but uh, yeah while I'm here yeah it's been fun I've done some uh, interviews because I have a new song out. It's called Worst Life Ever. My Life is the Worst Life Ever. It's like a pop punk emo parody. I know you're a fan of that world. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's the song that's out right now. So I'm doing a few interviews and then uh, I'm doing, I'm DJing, uh, doing a DJ set at Emo Night tonight, which will be fun. Are you going in character? <laughs> yes, I'm going to oh, be. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the, you know, raccoon eyes and the black nail polish. Yeah, it's going to be. I'm going all out. Who does this song really pull from? Is it like My Chem, AFI? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, because that was, yeah, definitely My Chem is big. And they're uh, like that big part. That's what it feels like. And then the drums just feel like, again, that AFI, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's kind of like, I mean, as I'm sure you know, well, it's like there's the emo pop punk like matrix and there's like bands that fall on different like ends of that spectrum so i think i tried to combine everything because it's not a parody of necessarily one specific group but like i think i pulled elements of a lot of different so like blink and some 41 and simple plan that's one side and then you have even like also the visual like aesthetic look like my cam and the like gothic like operatic uh style and like very like um then also like uh you know like tumblr poetry lyrics yeah 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 so all of that kind of tried to put all those pieces together yeah who else is performing tonight uh i know that i think chris from saves the day and okay. i love saves the day yeah but uh that's the only one i know i think yeah there's gonna be a lot of <laughs> i feel like random poppins yeah yeah so that'll yeah. be cool i know machine gun kelly and um Megan Fox used to go a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think 
In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking we could pull one of the best autographs in the game, but guess what? With zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. What I love is the display of the available Available cards, the hit rates, and the grading. Arena is a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying. And with Arena Club Slab Packs, they're revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com lightweights. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's $40 right there. Anyways, go to arenaclub.com slash lightweights for 10% off your first purchase. This episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app, and that it truly immersifies you in the language that you want to learn. Maybe you have an upcoming international trip or you want to connect with a family or a friend. I know a lot of people who want to learn a new language just to pick up a new hobby. I can personally attest to this as I used Rosetta Stone when I went to Italy for my honeymoon. It helped me brush up on the Italian that I learned back in school and I was able to get through the land and speak the native language. It made it so much more fun, plus my wife loved it. They're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. There's no English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language. Plus, there's lifetime membership and access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off that language learning. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Lightweight's podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language learning courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. It's the Joe Guarantee. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. So it's funny, like, the song... It's actually one of my oldest bits and songs. So I've been performing this character just at like uh, shows in New York, like little basement shows for like since like 2015. What's like, a little basement show? Like a stand-up basement show? Yeah, exactly. Like comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They so have like, those. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So because uh, I never – I came up in New York doing like more improv 
uh, rather than like traditional stand up. So like a lot of the like indie sh comedy shows I would do would be, yeah, like in a basement or like in the back of a bar or whatever. And there's like 10 people there. Like I was doing that for a long, long time. And, you know, I'd bring my acoustic guitar and play these like comedy songs. So uh, this song, My Life is the Worst Life Ever, is like one of my older songs. So like when I first wrote it, I was parodying, yeah, that like mid 2000s wave of emo. But then it's funny, like the MGKs and some other like TikTok emo artists, now that they're coming back, like my song has a whole new layer of uh, meaning and it it's also a parody of this new, it fits perfectly in parodying sort of like a, like the new wave of like the MGK type emo yeah. stuff too. Yeah. In those basement shows, what was the smallest crowd you ever performed in front of? Oh, like one. One person. One. Well, actually, what? <laughs> I'm, yeah, one time I did a show and it wasn't a basement show. It was in a theater, like maybe 100, 150 seat theater. In New York City. In New York City. And one person showed up. Oh, that's amazing. And so like they're all like, it's this, you know, uh, you know, uh, sloped theater. And then like, literally I'm playing with my acoustic guitar for like three people, like right there. And I have to look at these like rows of empty seats. And at that point I did say, I was like, it's like, fuck it. Like, and I just played Santeria. I didn't even do a comedy set. I just played Santeria and I left. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what am I like? What am I doing here? <laughs> cause you had a cool story where you wanted to test out your comedy cause you thought you were the funniest person yeah. in New York city. Yeah. So when you run into something like that, does that kind of make you want to go harder or does that steer you away from it? It's just sort of like, and I think anyone who's done any live stuff for a long time, it's just like, it's an inevitable part of it. Like, you know, it's just, you're, and especially like early on, you're just psyched to get booked. Like you're excited to be doing a show and have a show to go out and do and perform. Like, you know, it's not fun, but like, it's just, it's like, you can't do it without experiencing those types of shows. And I've experienced a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a big goal of SNL or anything? So, like, SNL would obviously be cool. Like, I wouldn't not want to be on SNL. And I think it, like, fits my style and taste in that I do all these different characters. And, you know, it's less stand-up-y. Like, I have all these characters and I write for myself and all that stuff. Also, it would, like, allow me to... It's like the closest job in comedy to like a nine to five where you just you got, you know, you go in, you go into work. I get to stay in New York. Um, but like in terms of like the ultimate goal, I wouldn't say it necessarily is in that like I would rather have, you know, um, I like to be able to like have complete creative control. Uh, so like in, in SNL, you're like collaborating with a lot of different people. They have a specific style and format. Like you're working a lot with a lot of different writers where like I'd I like to say like my goal would be like the Kyle Gordon show where it's like not necessarily tonight like a, a late night show, but like a show where I can do a bunch of different like a lot of sketch comedy or play music and just have more control over the whole vision. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What is your process now? Is there a lot of pre-pro before you actually film and post? And do you have a high criteria for what goes up on your page? Yeah. Um, nowadays, maybe a little bit higher, but I'd like to get back to especially early pandemic days because like the first sort of videos that I had that were like that started to do well was November 2020. I think like a lot of people. Um, and that started because I had, I set this arbitrary goal for myself 
I was like, oh, I'm going to film one TikTok every day, Monday through Friday for three months or whatever. And then the first one blew up and I was like, well, first of all, I had never like blown up anywhere online before. So I was like, oh God, I, I got a million views. I am Tom Cruise. I am I, like, I am the most famous guy in the world. Like, cause I didn't know, I didn't know any better. It was the, cool. I went to the bottom of your page and I'm seeing like a hundred likes, 50 likes. Yeah. And I thought that was so cool that that's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, uh, and it was like fun to do. And it's also like, uh, uh, you know, uh, how you can sort of chronicle the journey of all of this. I was very diligent about like trying to put out new videos every day, Monday through Friday. So, which inevitably means like, and it was good. Like I couldn't think too hard about it because you know, you have a video to do today. Like don't get too in your head about like what's going to be out there because otherwise you'll, you'll never put anything out if you critique yourself too much. And then, you know, over the past few months, uh, I've been just with like music coming out. I haven't quite posted as much. I'm a little more diligent about like what goes where, you know, I'm like, this might be good for TikTok, but is it good for Instagram, blah, blah. Um, but I almost would like to get back to those like early pandemic days of just like, just fuck it. Just like put it out there. Cause it's, it's much better creatively when you're not like, um, you know, nitpicking every little detail of your ideas before it goes out. So you think you are holding yourself to a higher standard now? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But I'd like to go back to like, yeah, being a little uh, easier on myself. Yeah. So speaking about your songs, mm -hmm. you have something coming out soon? Yes. Yeah. So the full album is coming out uh, March 1st. And um, so the, yeah, so each song on the album is like a parody of a different genre. And so everything that people have heard thus far, like Plan of the Bass, and then I've put out three songs since then, Ugliest Girl on the Beach, <laughs> Girls Are the Best, and uh, yeah, I'm really all over the map with like girl <laughs> content. And then uh, My Life is the Worst Life Ever is the new one. But each song is a parody of a different genre. And so, yeah, the album that comes out in March is uh, each song, you know, there are going to be a few more songs. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. And and there's like little uh, sketch comedy bits like in between kind of tying the whole thing together. So yeah, I'm really psyched. Do you look up to anyone else in that genre? Yeah, so I would say, like, in terms of, like, musical comedy, um, like, a big name for me is, uh, that I always say is Christopher Guest, um, who, if you, like, the movie Spinal Tap is, like, his famous one, uh, but he's he's done a bunch of different movies. I If you haven't seen him, I recommend you check him out. Like, he's, like, a genius, and he, so Spinal Tap is, like, the first mockumentary movie, uh, a set, I mean, not really, but, like, the first big one, and he does, like, a pair, he has a fake parody band about like 70s like hard rock got kind of a hard rock band and then he had a movie in the early 2000s called a mighty wind that um was uh, a parody of like 60s folk uh folk music and he's sort of like my gold standard of like kind of what i'm doing but also i love like bo burnham and weird al and you know all those guys yeah, yeah. did you like bo burnham's special from the pandemic yeah yeah i thought that was great i mean that that was like Talk about like, that was like the best use of pandemic time and energy. Like I saw, yeah, it was great. Have you talked with him at all? No, no, I've never, never met him. Yeah. That's a cool collab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we shall see. I would, I would be absolutely open to it. Also uh, talk about musical, uh, underrated like musical comedy person is just uh, Trey Parker from South Park. Like all the music in South Park is so good 
and like hilarious. And uh, I think he's like un underrated in terms of like making musical comedy. Yeah, you don't really think of him when you're thinking of that. Right, right, right. But oh, that's like, so interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would be a cool collab too. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you find out about TikTok? So actually, I mean, I'd heard about it as like a thing that's in the world, like probably pre-pandemic, but... Were funny, you doing content creation before that? Very little. Very, very little. Like, I was doing live shows in New York, but um, yeah, maybe I'd put up like a handful of YouTube videos, but really not much. Um, but then when the pandemic happened... So actually, one of the videos I had done was in college. Do you remember? This is a deep cut, but do you remember the I'm Schmacked videos? I don't. Okay. But it's a, it's a deep cut, but they, they were these videos that were like big in the mid to like in the early 2010s. And they were like, it was like college. It was like, uh, I, I say it's like college party porn, but it's not literal. It's like, it was like these videos where it'd be like, yo, what up? I'm Jace. Uh, you're here at Michigan. It's a homecoming weekend. We're show, we'll show you how we like to, like, we play hard and party hard, whatever. And then it would just be a montage of kids like drinking and partying. And it was pretty stupid. It's like, I want to see you tonight. And it's just kids like partying or whatever. Um, and so I did a parody of one of those for my like small liberal arts school called I'm Schmack, uh, I'm Schmammered and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, uh, and it was really stupid. It was like making fun of how, like, you know, we, we didn't go to a party school, but it was like, yeah, like it's like four kids on the quad, like drinking like Natty Ice. And like, that was like the big party scene in my school. Um, so yeah, so it like, it became like sort of popular, like at my school and so much so that like, you know, many years later during the pandemic, a current student was like, Oh my God, I love this video. You should be on TikTok. Like this is a good, this is well suited to what you do. I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So that's how I found out was like a, a fan of my very, Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards niche um you know liberal arts parody video was like told me to go and check it out so did tiktok affect your live show uh as far as the audience yeah yeah yes and it's been very interesting because yeah it's like i mean i think the audiences now are like younger and they know me from um yeah, they know me from TikTok and they've been on. I mean, it's been cool. I mean, more I'm like able to tour now and not just play in Brooklyn. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It's cool. And uh, and but it's been interesting because my live act has always been the music. So I started touring maybe two years ago or doing more shows like two years ago where people from TikTok and social media would come out to see the shows and I had not really posted any of my musical comedy back then. So I think they came out and the shows were good, but they were like shocked that I was doing music. I think they didn't know what to expect. But now that more music is out, I think it's cool that people show up and they like 
they know what they're getting now. Like they know that my live act is like the music. So would you ever do the Matt Rife crowd work with music? <laughs> I don't think that's like necessarily well suited to my strengths. Also because like, I mean, maybe if I did like, because also I don't really do stand up, so I do, like, I'm never really myself on stage. You it's know? more theater. Yeah, it's yeah more theater, and I'm always playing a different character. So, you know, maybe if I played like a Matt Rife type character, maybe I could do it. But like, uh, yeah, I don't know if it like I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe I'll try it out. <laughs> Who else do you perform with other people live during it? Uh, not really. No, it's like, so this new tour I'm doing, uh, in April, I'm doing some West coast shows and then some, uh, back East and then, but uh, I'm touring with a band, like a full band. So I'm going to play all the songs on my album and then some more with a full band. So it's like, I, I'm, I've started to think of it more and that that's a, a way in which like my live show has changed since like being online and being on TikTok is that is like how I think of my shows. So now I think of my show as like a comedic concert rather than like a comedy show with music. So I'm like playing more traditional like rock music venues and I'm going to kind of just like play the songs and let the songs speak for themselves. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's sick. Yeah, I'm psyched. I I actually just opened for at San Francisco Sketchfest for Epic rap battles of history, if you remember them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're they were really cool and it was very inspirational to see like they, you know, because they have all these songs, these like rap battles, and they just played the songs and like all their fans, like it was a full house, like standing room only, and they like everyone in the crowd knew all the words. Like they weren't like playing it for like laughs. It, like you would in a comedy show they just like played the songs and i don't know it inspired me to how i would think about my live show what did you do with netflix is a joke so that's gonna be in may so may 6th i'm doing a show out here uh at the elysian theater for the netflix is a joke festival so you can get your tickets now and uh yeah and that's gonna be with the full band that's sick yeah yeah i'm psyched is there have you ever done it professionally recorded the my live show yeah no well i i I recorded essentially no. Yeah, I haven't put out any like uh I mean in the lead in like as I start promoting the live shows, I'm going to release more like live clips because that's a, another thing like I haven't really put out like a ton of live clips. It was hard to find. Yeah, yeah, there aren't a lot. Yeah. And I think cuz like I didn't cuz cuz these songs are now they're like fully produced versions are like out into the world. I used to do it just like me and the acoustic guitar. So like it's fun for the live show, but I don't know. Now that I'm doing it with a band, I, I, I'm, I'm psyched to release those clips because the sound on stage is closer to what people would hear in the like produced recordings, you know? Right. So that's sort of the thinking. What was the reaction for the emo song? Were you worried the community was going to hate it? I, I wasn't sure what to think. I, yeah. Well, I'll say I was very, very psyched and happy that, like, people within the community have embraced it so much. I don't know if I necessarily thought there would be, like, a huge outrage, but I thought there might be, like, skepticism. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know what I thought, but I definitely am, like, super psyched and surprised almost at how overwhelmingly positive the reaction from the, like scene has been i mean and, now you're doing emo night that's yeah exactly sick. yeah that's a pretty good like stamp of approval yeah so yeah i mean but also it's been good because because i've put out so many other or you know three songs before it where it's like now 
it's clear what I'm doing. Like I'm parodying a bunch of different genres. Like if this had come out first, maybe there might have been a perception that like, oh, I'm just like picking on the emo world. But it's like clearly one, it comes from a place of love. Like, you know, I grew up with all that music, but also like, you know, it's 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 just one song on a whole album and each song is parodying a different genre or scene. So I think the fact that people were able to sort of digest my whole deal made it like clear what I was trying to do. Have you released the other genres yet? No. So can I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a rap one for sure. No, that's the one. Whoa. Yeah. Well, Why? Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's hard because I feel like there's been so much. There's been a lot of like rap comedy. Yeah. I feel yeah. like. And I, I just I didn't want to. I don't know. It's like it, it's I wanted to do a specific version. So, here, OK, I have an idea for my second album when it come when I start recording it. I want to do a parody of specifically like early 2010s like frat rap so like the asher roths or early mac miller or um sammy adams sammy adams exactly i posted a little clip of that on like tiktok and instagram but i want to do like a full song in that genre so that might be or the like thug love genre of like early jaw rule where, <laughs> yeah, yeah where it would be like a beautiful like ashanti chorus and then he'd come in like i want to fuck you in the ass yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like i love you all the time like i'll do anything for you he's like fuck you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh so maybe in that genre um but on this specific one i haven't i haven't gotten the rap yet yeah 80s rock Ooh, yeah, do no. like a hair band. No, I think the so yeah, I I would do that too. Well, also, but also, um, what are they called? Um, Steel Panther. Yeah, yeah, they've done it so well. I was like, they've done like I don't think like they've they knocked it out of the park so hard. I was like, I don't know if they did it. Wait, they're know? not a real band. No, they're like a parody, like eighty, like hair metal parody band. Actually, yeah, no, I think it's called Steel Pan Steel Steel. I think Steel it Panther. is. It is Steel Panther, but I think they're. I thought they were real. No, no, no. They're like a parody. <laughs> See, oh, that's how good they do it. That's like, how good they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally thought they were real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like they're they are the kings of that. So like, I feel like I wouldn't want to step into their turf. <laughs> yeah, because I just picture you with like one of those wigs and the bandana. I know it's tempting. Yeah, exactly. Right. I know it's. It would be fun. Can yeah. you release? <laughs> one other genre that might be on there? Yeah, so so the other ones that I'm doing are I have sort of like a, a, a one that's fun is like a I call it like two thousand late two thousands like SoCal beach pop. So like a Colby Calais, Ingrid yes. Michaelson, sort of Jason Mrazy vibe, um called I Love My Boyfriend. And uh <laughs> then uh then I have like a traditional Irish song um, and then I've got uh, a medley of children's songs um, with like really horrific advice for children. Um, and then I have a sort of like an outlaw country song. So it's like, you know, it's like it's like a country song about just like doing a lot of cocaine and being an asshole. <laughs> Are you self-releasing everything? No, it's uh, it's through a label, so yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's cool. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah. Have you released that yet? The the label stuff. Like yeah, you... yeah. Everything, everything that's come out has been through through the label. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, it's been it's been cool. It's been exciting. Uh, and yeah, cause cause 
yeah, I. It was cool. They took a big risk on me because um, someone from the label randomly came and saw one of my shows. And my show is weird. Like, I do all these different genres, and, you know, just someone got what I was trying to do. And I had always wanted to put out my music, but I didn't really know how. And so um, it's been. It's been cool. Do you work with any producers that you really want to work with? Like someone? Yeah. Well, uh, a producer I'd want. I mean, I, I have to give a shout out to uh, the producer of this album who produced every song. Oh. Uh, his, yeah. His name is Jamie Siegel. Uh, he's based on Long Island. Um, also, this particular, the new song, the My Life is the Worst Life Ever, the emo song. Um, he's worked with. Like, I knew he would do every genre well because he's just, like, extremely talented. Yeah, that's crazy he did all those different ones. Yes, and that's why I went with him because I saw he, like, could work in so many different genres that I was, like, I knew he would be able to capture each sound right because, you know, like, because the big thing was, like, I wanted it to sound authentic. Like, I want the country song to sound like a country song, the pop-punk song to sound like a pop-punk song. But uh, he's worked, his particular niche is is like pop punk so he worked on like a ton of taking back sunday records he's worked with patrick stump dashboard confessional so like of all the songs when i gave him this one i was like he's gonna knock it out of the park and he did yeah that's wild <laughs> yeah 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 are you an analytics person not really in that like i mean sort of instinctually having done it now for a few years i maybe have like an impulse as to like what might work or what won't or what I think might be do well or one that might be more niche in terms of like the videos I put out but I really I don't and I try not to like when I put out of it I never think about like the only metric I go off of when I'm gonna like release a video is like do I think this is good and funny that's pretty like I don't think about like oh what's trending right now or what like this type of video for me has done well so let's do more of that cause like that's how that's how you end up like beating a dead horse I think sometimes yeah yeah so when you release a song and then you do all those like unique TikToks to promote mm -hmm. it further yeah are you just like oh that'll hit let's try it and then you do it that day e or are these like very well thought out somewhere in the middle like so a lot of not, a lot of them aren't so, most of them aren't done that day like I have them and then I you know will release them over the course of you know, whatever the lifespan of the song. But yeah, a lot of them are, a lot of them, it's not like perfectly mapped out. I mean, it also depends on the song. So like Planet of the Bass, when I had the like three different actresses lip syncing the song, those videos were all shot and recorded before the first video ever came out. Like, so that was always the plan. Um, but yeah, I guess somewhere in the middle, I wouldn't say I'm like a, super mastermind with the entire thing but most of it is essentially like mapped out do you have a specific filmer that you like working with uh well my girlfriend shoots a lot of them <laughs> yeah because she she's an actress so she works at home too um but also for for playing the bass i have to give a shout out to my brother um sam gordon who's like really talented and edited all those videos and uh so he's great to work with because he you know we grew up together he can like he knows what I find funny and can sort of like read my mind with that stuff so I like working with him a lot yeah would you share those schmacked videos with him <laughs> like did he have that same love for the internet as you 
Ooh, probably not as much. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I think he he's very not online, actually. Yeah, so I think he... Ha like, he has an Instagram. I think he posted something for his wedding, and then before that was, like, three years before that. When they got engaged. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, exactly, right. Yeah, so, uh, no, he's not a very... I mean, he's more online now that I'm online and watches my stuff, but, um, yeah, I think our taste is more sort of like the movies and music we grew up with. Um, yeah, it's an inter yeah he's, n he's not a very online person. How many streams does Planet of the Bass have? Streams, it has almost 3 million. Uh, it was like a weird thing because, um, like, yeah, it's funny. Like, the, the video has like 4 million views on YouTube and then 3 million on Spotify. Um, but, like, yeah, it was... It was, but then like the first clip on twi Twitter had like a hundred million views. <laughs> so yeah, it was like insane. Yeah, that you posted on your page. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And that was the crazy thing too is that I literally Twitter was a big part of it. Like it it did well everywhere, but um, when I posted it on Twitter, I just kind of did it on a lark because I was like, all right, I'm trying to post this post a song. I like this video. I'll just put it on Twitter. I had like literally a thousand followers on Twitter, like when that when I posted that. So like I did not expect it to like catch on like that. Did so, someone crazy retweet it? Uh, I mean, I think it. I, I don't know. It wasn't like one crazy person. There was. I have to give a shout out to uh, this journalist because a lot of people have cited this to me that this journalist from I believe he used to work at Entertainment Weekly. His name is Mark Harris, and he has a big following on Twitter. He people have cited that to me as like one of the first people that like they saw it they saw it and retweeted it and he cuz he used to be um as far as i know like an entertainment journalist in the 90s so he was like oh i remember all these bands and i would interview them and have to cover up the fact in the interview that none of them spoke english or whatever oh, so yeah 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 so that's that's one person i have to give a big shout out to um but yeah, no, it wasn't really necessarily, as far as I know, uh, I'm sure, sure like internet sleuths can go back and find exactly where it like spiked. But um, yeah, I think it just kind of started snowballing. Who else has commented or messaged you that you kind of fangirled over? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, I mean, one person that was really cool. So Brian Jordan Alvarez is, uh, is uh, another comedian, actor, really, really talented guy. Uh, I mean, I'm just a huge fan of his. Uh, everyone should go look him up. But right after my song came out, he had a song. Planet of the Bass? Yeah, after Planet of the Bass. Sorry, yeah. Um, after that came out, he had a song called Sitting. Like, sitting is the opposite of standing. Like, <laughs> he does this great. Yeah, but, like, that also started, like, taking off. And then, like, all these articles were like, it's Silly Song Summer and, like, all these, like, because... And so we were the only two people, like we had a, he's based out here and I'm in New York. So we've never actually met, but like, it was cool. We spoke on the phone, like in September or something. And we were like, we're the only two people in the world who like know what, the, like who have this thing going on. These like songs that started on social media and then like sort of blew up and started getting all this like media attention. So that's one guy who I had like a, I know we had this like special bond of like going through the same thing at the same time. Do you think there's going to be a wave of it coming? It's a good question. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's been, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I, 
I hope so. Yeah. It's weird to predict. Like, like I mean, throughout, like, all of, like, music history, there are always, like, novelty songs, like, going back to, like, the Monster Mash, you know? Like, so there are always funny, you know, Weird Al, like, you know, those, like, Weird Al, like, had hits, like, you know, White and Nerdy, that was, like, a legitimate Billboard hit. So there have always been sort of waves of, like, comedy songs doing well. So I think it's hard to predict, but... We'll see. I've, you know, I've got more music coming out. I don't know. <laughs> Is there a certain way that you like to present yourself to be appearing as funny mm. to the general public? Yeah, I mean, usually, yeah. I well, being in character, I always like when I'm like trying to be funny. I f- I find I'm, and also like my own taste in what I like to make and create. Like I feel a lot more comfortable in character. Like. I feel like I'm less funny in like this mode, you know, like just being myself. So like I try, I, you know, I try not to try too hard to like be funny when I'm just being myself. But yeah, I think the best, the way I like to present myself, I am my funniest when I'm like in character. Yeah. Yeah. And do you workshop those? Like, do you just hang out with your girlfriend? You're like, I got to work on this right now. (laughs) Imagine like in the morning, I'm like. Wake up, seriously, get out of bed, why not? Like, <laughs> I would, I think she'd have a stroke. Yeah. I'm method acting. Yeah, yeah, I'm method, oh my All God. All day. Oh God, I, just the thought of that is like horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, cause, yeah, no, I don't, I don't do that. But do you like, talk to yourself trying to like figure out the funny lines? Yeah, I mean, I do script everything out for the most, so like my process is like, I have a note on my phone with like thousands and thousands of ideas for like new characters and videos. And then when I want to sit down and write or film a new video, I'll like go through and try to sort which ones I think might actually be decent ideas. Cause like 98% of the ideas I write down throughout the course of the day are like trash. So I got to like sort which ones actually might be good. And then once I find one, I'll like, write out like 20 lines that I think this character might say. And then when I actually go to shoot it, I film maybe 10 and then in the final video, maybe seven or eight or whatever, we'll make the cut. So it's just, it's about like whittling it down, whittling it down till you get like, you know, find the needle in the haystack of like the good, the the, like small gem of a good idea that, you know, from all this garbage that I like you know spew out onto like into my phone all day so what's the process you come up with the character then the lines then you figure out the location then you film it and you edit it exactly Ah. yeah exactly exactly yeah so yeah it's it's been good it's it's been and and also like it's you know not to be cliche but it's like a 10,000 hours thing of like I think I'm much better at it now than I was like three years ago and I think I'm better at you know talking about like leaving old videos up like you know, um, when I was just creating a bunch, I, I've gotten better now. I think at identifying. I, I just think the work's gotten better, and uh, you know, I'm I'm better at identifying before I even go to shoot something whether something might be a good idea, just because I've done so many over the years. So, um, yeah, it's I, I think I've gotten better. I don't know. I mean, the man <laughs> the manager at the graveyard, I thought was so funny. Oh, thank you. I like that one too. Yeah, that one's a real. That one's a fun one. That was based on I went to like a family member's funeral in New York, and I went back to the gravesite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, no, uh, that was too deep on Long Island, but uh, <laughs> but like there was this guy who was working there. And it's like, he's all business. He's clearly been there for 20 years. He's like, you know, a grizzled, like, you know, 
I don't know if they have a union, but he's just like, you know, a union great, like a uh, funeral director. So he's just like, he's, got, he's thinking, he's not thinking about, he's just thinking about like the nine different funerals he's got to do today. So he's like, all right, people get a move on. All right. We got, we, I can't be here all day. We got to get the body in the ground and then I got to go, but you know, I got five people waiting on the parking lot. All right. <laughs> like He's just like, and he's so like gruff about it. And like, uh, yeah, like he just, and he's also such like a New York character of like totally not being like sensitive to the fact that like, cause he's been to like 20,000 funerals. So he's like, at this point he's like, all right, come on people. Like I'm almost on my lunch break. Come on, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> like smoking a cigarette, like just waiting for the like funeral to be done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that one. And I love the one of the, the guy on the Island and he's like, oh. yeah, we ate our kids. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. That was, that was a fun one too. Yeah. I, I especially last year, I, I really got into, I, I took a lot of inspiration from, um, I think I just read a book about, um, what did I, I, oh, I read a book about, uh, the, yeah, like a shipwreck and like how they, uh, acted on the, when they like were stranded and you get a lot of like really like, especially when from, from books, you get a lot more like specific visual imagery. So, uh, I like got really into last year, like taking more inspiration from like books rather than like film and TV. Yeah. <laughs> Do you film and edit for different platforms differently? No, not really. Although I will say now that like I have more of an audience on Twitter, I definitely notice like I'm like this might work for TikTok and Instagram. I'm not sure it'll work on Twitter. Um, but other than that, it's not like I specifically film something like I'm going to put this out on YouTube and then I film something I'm going to put this out on uh, another platform. Right. Yeah. And do you think that it's more well perceived on TikTok versus Instagram and like you're like, oh, I kind of had a feeling that was going to happen. I think, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, well, I think one thing too that's kind of good about TikTok is like I've had an audience on TikTok the longest. So it's like, I feel like I started to blow up on TikTok first and then Instagram caught up, then YouTube and then Twitter. You know what I mean? So like the people who've been following me for a long time on TikTok are like, have seen a lot of different stuff. And it's like a, you know, it's like a loyal audience that's been there for a long time. It feels like, so I think people on TikTok are very su supportive, but I don't know. Everything's pretty good across the board, but I'd say TikTok, I usually get the best response. I think. Do you focus heavily on captions or the description? The description less. So the, the like text on the screen, like the title of it. Yes. Because I really do try to like, it's important to like make it clear I, I, I have no qualms about like just making it clear right you know in all my videos the title of the video will be there in the first five seconds so you know like here's what you're watching this is what the joke is and I'm gonna play this joke out for the next minute or so so I do think actually pretty hard about like or I try to like think about what those titles will be the description less so um, just cause like what's gonna catch your eye is the, the that title yeah. Is there a sweet spot for how long you want them to be? Oh, like in terms of words? No, 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 sorry. Uh, the length of the video Oh, overall. the length of the video. Uh, yeah, like I've found is like 40 to 50 seconds. Yeah. Oh, you don't go over a minute. No. Yeah, I know TikTok is really trying to encourage people to go over a minute now. I still haven't really done over a minute too, like very, very few times. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, I've, I've, 
I feel like it's it's cool because like I've kind of just just like everyone who's on the app has like just figure it out as you go along and um, the app has changed a lot over the years and what works and what doesn't. So it's always very interesting. Also, I like, you know, I've, I've experienced what a lot of people do is like, you know, you curse or you do anything and they're pretty strict about that on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I had to learn that the hard way, but yeah. What does 3 million TikTok followers get you? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, sometimes on the subway, you know, I like to say like, again, like it's a cool place to be in terms of like, there is this audience of people who know who I am, but it's very, it's very interesting type of notoriety or whatever, because, um, people like the people who know me, they really know me. And then the people who don't know me have no idea who the fuck I am. So it's like, it's not like maybe 20, 30 years ago, someone who might've been like a well-known person, like even if you don't, just cause the mass media was more centralized, it's like you, even if you didn't know, um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. They were, you might have heard of them or something. Like, I think if you don't know who I am, you really don't know who I am. And uh, so it's kind of nice in that, like, when I'm on the subway, the three million followers, pretty much it gets me, like, someone being like, hey, nice <laughs> you know that's that's my experience of day-to-day in new york it's like it's amazing it's like again i'm not like tom cruise where i like can't go out of the house obviously but it's like also you know once a day or like once every couple of days like someone will give me like a nice compliment <laughs> and that's the best part of it <laughs> that's so fun yeah you were in an acapella group yeah yeah are you still doing that anymore no unfortunately uh but it i mean it it did you know, help improve my singing and uh, taught me a lot about like arranging music and stuff. So yeah, I did it in high school and then college too. That's so, yeah. Cause I had no idea that you were like trained in singing. Yeah. Somewhat. I mean like I not formal training, but like it's sort of a 10,000 hours thing. And like, just cause I did, I've played playing music a lot, writing songs. Um, you know, I did, you know, did acapella for a long time. So, yeah, I guess I, you know, I have a background in music and I, like, I think like if, if there's anything in this world, like I love and care about it's music. So I think that's why I'm like, I gravitate towards doing musical parodies because it's just a thing that I care about and know about, you know? So, yeah. When you wake up every morning, do you feel like you have a path of where you're supposed to go? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, like I feel like, yeah, like I feel like, mm, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know I, I'm excited about the work I'm doing. 
Um, I'm excited about the work that I have to do. And also like now because of, you know, I have an audience online, like I have the freedom to really focus all my time and energy into, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the purpose of life is just to create things that you care about. And so now I have the freedom to do that every day. So yeah, to answer your question, I think, yes. <laughs> when did that become full-time for you? Would have been probably sometime like 2021. Yeah. Cause, uh, did you leave your old job? Yeah. Yeah. What were you doing? Customer service. Where? <laughs> I was at a tech company in New York called Yext. It was, it was a good job. Yeah. It was a great job. Um, and so, yeah, I was doing that for a few, I had so many jobs. I, worked in customer service before that I was like uh, I kind of worked in PR briefly like I, but like I was a I was like in the New York guy for like an LA office so I didn't actually do any of the, like the hard PR work I would just like babysit like people as they went around to like their New York press events actually I don't think I've ever gotten to talk about this so I worked with um uh, do you know McKenna Grace the actress she's like a like she was a child actress at the time. Now she's in the new Ghostbusters movie. Um, who else did I work with? Um, oh, oh, uh, Sky Jackson, who's like another Disney. Oh, it was a lot of Disney stars and stuff and like child actors. So like when they would come to New York for like their press events, I would like babysit them. Also before that, I worked like I was cooking in a restaurant. I was bartending. Oh, you're all over the board. Oh, all, I so many jobs. I was like an assistant. Yeah, I had a lot of jobs. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, we have the new album coming out soon. Yeah. Emo Night Tonight. Yeah. When's the next song coming out? Are you already working on the music video? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, when I get back to New York, I'm going to film a bunch of stuff. I think I'm going to try to film sort of like social media content for all the different songs. And uh, I'm going to work on that when I get back. But the all the, the whole album comes out March 1st. And then you'll probably see some like videos teasing all the different songs coming out over the next few weeks. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it should be fun. Cool. Kyle, thanks so much for coming. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. Cool. Lightweights, out. Sick. That was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks.